You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. This is East Carolina Hall of Famer and Utah Jazz first-round draft pick Blue Edwards. You're listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime on The Sports Objective, your home for the best East Carolina hoops coverage. Welcome into the Pirate Basketball Overtime right here on the Sports Objective TSO. And with me, my good buddy, my brother from a different mother, Bubba Rosenbaum. How are you, man? Doing well, Dave. Um, what a start to an era last night. Oh, yeah. um, it, it was ugly in the first half, but the Pirates, give them credit, done, they showed a lot, um, to, as we'll discuss over the next half hour or so. There's so much um, that's just unknown going into that game. To see them respond the way they did was tremendous. Yes, it was. And I was sitting there texting you guys at halftime and really worried, obviously. But the more I was thinking about it, and I was finally walking away from the table there in, in Harvey Hall, and I was like, you know what? This is only the first game of the season. And that was the very first half of the first game of the season. And what hit me, Bubba, I, I didn't even tell you today, is that it, I felt like it was kind of like open, over, opening night jitters. And because this uh, all of a sudden, there towards that first, we'll get d- deep dive into it, but after the first half there, I'm sorry, towards the end of the first half, they started to finally, um, you know, play as a team. They started to finally gel, I felt like, and get together. And there's a big difference between, they've been practicing for a long time now, but a big, big difference between practicing in the off season, practicing, well, it's been a month or more. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, here you are in the first game. Game time, as you know, above coaching and playing, and practice is is way different. No doubt, um, in Pirates, seventy-seven to seventy-five winners over the Mercer Bears, and um, you know, we started the game off on one of the pieces you knew on to some degree what you could expect uh, from this young man, and that was Brandon Johnson. You know, you saw a lot of good things from him last year in the non-conference. He didn't do as much within the American. But uh, you, you really felt good about his ceiling, and you know, he felt felt as though he has a very high ceiling. And Brandon, he knocked down a couple of threes early uh, all, off the wing, and you know, that were, it looked like Vance Jackson. Like, you know, like, where did that range come from? You you had heard that he had developed a three point shot, but uh, that surprised me when we saw him knock knock down those. Uh, from so deep um, there in the first few minutes of the game. And then from that point on, uh, Mercer really, you know, established control of the game. Um, at that point, um, they they built, I think their, their largest lead was 16. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and they're about midway through the first half or, or actually not even that far into it. Uh, they, they had a double figures, lead less than seven minutes in they were red hot they knocked down four three-pointers in the first six and a half to seven minutes and led 20 to eight and and, um and then extended that lead out to like i said 16 points um before the pirate before the pirates closed the half um they were they were still down 15 with about two minutes there or so uh in the half and you had the big dunk. Uh, you had Javon Small with the ball on the left wing, shot faked, went baseline, threw down a a dunk that I didn't know he had in him, quite honestly. And uh, and then we get a big steal, and R.J. Felton has a fast break dunk, and suddenly that lead goes from fifteen to nine, or deficit yes. for us, and you know, that the the lead 
for the Bears goes from 15 to 9, and we carried that momentum over and continued to chip away early in the second half. No doubt. I'll tell you what, that was uh, that's exactly what they – I was proud of the team because uh, teams in the past – we talk about this with Mike Houston with the football team, but teams in the past with basketball would have just given and we would have kind of just been trading baskets or maybe cut the lead a little bit. But that sparked there. In fact, our good friend Tony Parham, uh, thank the world, Tony, as he knows, and I know you do too, Bubba. Uh, Tony, one of the best to put it, uh, put that purple and gold on. He said that 6-0 run at the end of the half was huge. He put that up on Facebook. Tony, thank you, my friend, for always supporting us, and I'll put that up there. Uh, certainly was huge, and that was exactly what you're talking about, Bubba, was the fact that we were able to close the gap, and then we, you know, it's kind of like with football when you defer to the second half or you get a big stop. And you score early in this, you know, third quarter. Well, the same thing with basketball. Uh, we were able to have a six-up run. Then we come out fired up in the second half. And uh, really, um, another thing too, Bubba, was the fact that you pointed out, I didn't know the exact percentage, but I know that in that first half when Mercer was on fire, uh, I believe if off the top of my head, you said they were shooting 71% at that point in the first half. Or there was a stretch there where I remember you uh, texted. Yeah, at one point they were uh, – they, they finished the half. They cooled off there at the end um, yeah. when, we, when we made the 6-0 run. Um, they, they were shooting or shot six, 60%, 15 out of 25 in the first half, five out of nine from three. And, uh, and then uh, Coach Schwartz, and he was in his postgame remarks just saying that offensively, he felt as though the ball, you know, sticking too much. He didn't think that it was a matter of selfishness whatsoever. It's just first game, uh, jitters, maybe locked up a bit, you know, so so focused on what they were trying to do that they uh, didn't let the game come to them. <clears throat> shot shot um, too many threes. We shot eighteen threes, I think it was in the first half. And we're just four out of 18, if I'm not mistaken. And then in the second half, allowed the game to come to us. Didn't, as a result, didn't shoot as many threes. I think we shot 11, made six of them. Uh, so obviously over 50% uh, in the second half from beyond the arc. But um, Coach Schwartz, he, he had this to say about the 6-0 run. He said that, that 6-0 run to end the half was big as it let our guys see the impact of our pressure and the way the defense led to offense, and he felt as though that carried over into the second half. Uh, no question about it. In fact, uh, I remember a long time ago, um, 1986, I was at the Duke basketball camp, and Coach K talked about how defense breeds offense. I'll never forget that. I'm 13 years old, you know. And so it makes me really proud to know, I know with Coach Dooley now, with Coach Schwartz, really big on defense. And so that's one thing that uh, really, that's what, you know, um, another thing the coaches always talk about is how you may have an off night shooting, but you surely should not have an off night with playing defense. And so it's uh, it's great to see the pressure they put on. And it really, uh, Bubba, that really got us back in the game. I mean, if we had not played defense, um, yeah. that, then we would have never won that game. No doubt. And Tony Parham chimes in uh, saying that uh, as far as the defensive intensity, definitely picking up and how Mercer in the second half, they did not make a three-point shot until fairly late in the second half. And as Tony also says, defense travels. No doubt, my man. And, uh, you know, with the, you're, you're right in the, the – uh, as far as the three-pointer, I was actually, I, I, I will not lie, I was waiting for the punch from Mercer, meaning they would go on a little bit of a tear, and it really just didn't, to my my recollection, I don't remember it happening. If it had, uh, then we probably wouldn't be talking about a win or we'd be talking about a close loss, but really happy that they did not, obviously, um, have the run uh, that I was expecting. And you know what I mean, Bubba, like just having two or three baskets quick, kind of like we did at the – end of the first half I was expecting that sometime in the second half and our team did a nice job of uh playing great defense I thought we uh, uh the ball movement I thought was great last night too 
um, overall. By the way, um, a good friend, Shell Powell, has a quick question. He says, I was talking to someone, this is non-basketball. Well, no, it is basketball related. He was talking to someone at Charlotte Catholic today uh, where the quarterback is a wide, uh, a West Virginia University quarterback commit and the tight ends, the Notre Dame recruits. Football is a full ride. I know baseball is not. Is basketball full ride just like football? Yes, it is, Shell. There are some guys that are obviously walk-ons that are, you know, not they're not on scholarship, but um, they do get full rides. And Bubba, there's what uh, is it, twelve or thirteen on scholarship? Off the top of my head, I can't. Yeah. Uh, thirteen, I'm, and then I think 15, 13, yeah. fifteen for the women. Yeah, but um, but Shell and, and in baseball, like you said, it's eleven point seven overall. But uh, and you can get a full ride in baseball. It just doesn't happen because you have right. you have a thirty five man roster, and then you have those eleven point seven scholarships that are divided up, and then you have the twenty five percent rule. If you and if you're getting scholarship money, you have to at least get a twenty five percent. It used to be that you could get you know five or ten percent, but that's no longer the case, and hasn't been for several years. Or has I mean that has been the case that you um, you cannot um, divide it up less than a quarter. But right. and Tony has a great point too, and to add to it, uh, it's it's actually not a four year scholarship like people think. It's a one year renewal, and yeah. that means that every year they could take that one year. Every year it's kind of year to year kind of scholarship. So just because you get a full ride and you're going to go to play there, doesn't mean that it's a guaranteed four year scholarship. Right. And that and that's something a lot of people because it is fairly uncommon to, to see a, a scholarship not renewed or maybe it happens quietly or other reasons are communicated to the media perhaps and so forth, but that is it is an annual deal where you, you have your, your meeting with the uh the coach to, to renew right. and sign for the upcoming year. But right. um, and getting back to the getting back to the game, uh, like you mentioned, in the second half when we were slicing in the lead, we after trailing by nine at halftime, he got back up to uh, to double figures, even if it may have just been ten there early in the second half, and then we began to chip away, got it down to one possession, and and then they would extend it back out and. And each time we had a counter punch and, and then eventually took the lead. And as Coach Schwartz said in his postgame remarks, um, learned a very valuable lesson how important it is to knock down free throws because we had a five or six point lead but couldn't put the game away because we missed free throws and then had an untimely turnover or two in the waning minutes. Yeah, and it just uh, it just goes to show you that uh, the there is talent on this team, which I was proud of. We obviously knew the guys that bought in the coach and stayed on. Uh, and then uh, great uh, great point, uh, you know, Johnny Robertson, another great guy that we think a lot of, said RJ had ten total steals last season. He had four in the first half last night. I knew that he had multiple ones. I didn't know it was four. And not only that, in the first half, Bubba's the stats guy. But I was going to mention, um, he was one of the, to me, RJ was one of the unsung heroes, of course, winning the, uh, at Menji's Madness, he won the slam dunk competition. I love RJ. I love his athleticism. Um, but that that's the, uh, those kind of things like that. I know they were in the stat book, but uh, steals are so underrated. I just, I'm a huge fan. I don't know if you by you, Bubba. I love to see a steal. Um, obviously not for, uh, for our team when we're on defense, I don't want to see it when somebody steals a ball from us, uh, obviously. But uh, that was great from um, RJ last night. I thought, I thought he had a good game in addition to the other guys. Yeah, Coach Schwartz has given the, those returning players a lot of credit. Uh, and last night we saw what they're capable of. Uh, I mentioned Brandon Johnson and how we had seen last year. Uh, nothing like what we saw last night because of his extended range. He's a much more complete player now. And when he first knocked down the shot, uh, I did not realize his different haircut uh, from 
from oh, a season yeah. ago. And I did a double take. I was like, I said, who I said, who made that NBA three? And they said Brandon Johnson. I was like, Brandon Johnson. <laughs> yeah. And so but Brandon, what a night. He had 24 points, seven rebounds, eight for 12 from the floor, three for six from beyond the arc. And that extended range is uh, awesome to see, um, not only for just the type of player he can be and, and is becoming, but uh, for this team who needs um, needs scoring after losing so much from a season ago, it's great to see he and Javon Small do what they did, combining for 47 points, both of them producing career highs. Uh, obviously for Javon, is far and away his career high. Um, Brandon, I don't recall what his high was a year ago. I think there were times where he at least got between 15 and 20, maybe in the low 20s. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, Brandon Johnson and Javon Small combined to make six three-pointers and score 47 points. And then R.J. Felton, 11 points, four rebounds, those four steals that were already referenced by, by Johnny and uh, – and so you had those three returning players uh, produce 58 of the – and obviously you had some from Luigi as well. So I'm trying to recall for, for Luigi. I know Luigi, the the steal that he had, the fast break dunk. dunk was that, that, that reminded me of last year when he stole the ball and, uh, and Coach, missed Coach, dunk. Coach Dooley made the joke uh, when, when he was asked if uh, he was – Something about <laughs> Luigi bringing the ball up the court, and and what he was thinking, and uh, Coach Dooley very quickly responded uh, that I thought about maybe getting out of coaching and getting my real estate license. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Luigi Debeau, um, in and he only played eight minutes last night, but he, he, those were his only two points, but. But, yeah, my point being that the returning players had um, about 80% of the Pirates' points last night. Yeah, I would, that was one of my – I'm glad you brought that up. That was one of my points I was going to make is I'm really happy for Coach Schwartz that those guys stayed. Not only stayed, but they really bought in. He, he talks about that, how proud he is of those guys. And I just wanted to say how proud I am of Coach Schwartz because – um, coming here, taking the job and, you know, losing the players. And, you know, we've heard that stat so much, 80% of the scoring gone. Um, but Hey, you know what? There's a lot of talent on the team and uh, we see here that, you know, the, and another thing that um, people don't know and Bubba, you and I like shake our head. And I know um, both Johnny's that watch the show and there's a shell. There's so many Tony, of course, uh, letter winner, but there's so many people that watch and listen and, uh, it's just so funny because the people that don't know, you know, like coworkers and family and friends or whatever, they're like Mercer. And I'm like, yeah, the same Mercer to beat Duke a, a few years ago in the tournament. You remember them uh, for making Georgia? They're no joke out of the SoCon and they, they're a tournament team. So it's not, you know, um, a cupcake team. This is a team that I was happy to see. I wanted to, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, I wanted to tip my hat coach Schwartz because your very first game uh, he could have had a cupcake but Mercer is no joke and you'll probably see that um, they'll have a good year uh, in their conference and uh, it was a good test uh, for us and so I was happy that that he did that and if anybody knows anything about me I don't like playing cupcakes um, and I understand why you do but at the same time uh, a great way to start the era for uh, for Mike Schwartz. Yeah, as you see there on the screen uh, for our viewers, the Pirates have now won 23 straight season openers, and the majority of those, uh, as you just mentioned, uh, have come against inferior competition. Last night, um, that not being the case, um, not not all, but um, the majority of those have been against teams the Pirates should have certainly beaten, and uh, last night's certainly uh, carried more weight and it was great to see the pirates uh, rally from down 16 to to win that game against a team that has average or a program that's averaged 17 wins over the last three seasons under yeah. under uh, their current coaching staff um 
also, as you see on the screen, some other post-game notes. And there's certainly a lot more that we'll say, but these are just some of the things that stood out. A couple positive, a couple negative. But um, Mercer outscored the Pirates 38-32 to in the paint. David Craig, the 7-2. He was. And, I, I mean, extremely large human. Uh-huh. It was amazing. It was from South Africa. I mean, yeah. he, he caught the ball. He probably had, I think he had nine points and five rebounds. It seemed like more because I think probably at least two or, or three of those baskets were on dunks. And uh, he he was really impacting the game, even though he didn't score in double figures. And I was uh, a little surprised down the stretch that they did not put him on the floor more. Yeah, me too. I mean, but, he was – you would not believe in person. TV doesn't do justice for players like him, but but he was literally so wide. And, you know, when you think about seven foot two, you think about this tall, like, tree. You don't think about, like, somebody – not only did he have the height, but he was one of the widest human beings that I've ever seen. <laughs> wide, wide, wide. And uh, Tony says, that's right, Tony, he was a mountain. Absolutely, brother. He was a mountain. And – uh I was like, man, he is really, like you said, Bubba, impacting the game because you know he can block shots. You know if he, he's very intimidating when you get around him and you're trying to make a basket at seven foot two. But his body, you're not going to be able to post up um, on him very much uh, with a body like he had. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, it would be interesting to see how he continues to do and um, let's also, uh, Mercer had an advantage in points off turnovers. I believe the, the Pirates finished with 14 turnovers, and we'll go over the entire team stats uh, here in a moment. But uh, 14 turnovers for the Pirates, 11 for Mercer, mm-hmm. and, um, the Mer- and the Mercer Bears had a 13-point advantage uh, in that aspect. And then Winston Tabs, it was great to see Winston. Um, you know, that young man's gone through so much. But uh, to see him play uh, finally, and no, he didn't perform the way he would have liked, but I think he played 10 minutes some, somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, one out of five from the floor. So he did get his first bucket as a pirate. And uh, I know uh, much better nights are ahead, but the biggest thing is that Winston Tabs was healthy enough to get on the floor and play for the first time in the purple and gold. Yeah, certainly it's a big, uh, it's been a, uh, Tony said he was a mountain. Well, it's been a mountain for Winston Taps to climb. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, you want to talk about somebody that's had a long road, a recovery to come back from an injury. We thought he'd be back and what it's been, it's been two years, Bubba. seems like it's been two years since, the injury when he was coming from Boston College to uh, to us um, in Greenville. So um, anyway, it's great to have him on the floor, and hopefully we can. That would be great, man, if we could get him back 100 percent and be able to contribute to like uh, double figures every night. Yep, and um, and then finally, there on the screen, you see uh, the attendance, four thousand six ten. Not great, but for where this program's been, um, that would have been the second largest crowd last season, and the largest crowd being a little over 5,100 for our thrilling win against Memphis. Oh, yeah. And and that is a 1,000 more um, than what we had in last year's season opener. Obviously, a lot of excitement uh, for um, the beginning of the Schwartz era. And then, um, you know, Kudos to the administration. Um, is when you uh, when you market it and you know promote it, then good things happen. And I'll uh, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, and by the way, on Saturday afternoon at four o'clock against Presbyterian, we saw on social media there's gonna be a blackout. So you know how much I love uh, the uniforms in football. I'm very excited about seeing that um, for basketball, and uh, that's gonna be great on Saturday again at four o'clock and. Um, that'll be great for the second home game for in the Mike Schwartz era. I want to say Mike Houston so bad at the Mike and Mike show, right, uh, for football and basketball. But the Mike Schwartz era, glad to have him in Greenville and uh, 
I know he's excited and I appreciate his uh, comments he had for uh, the students and uh, and our fan base. That made a lot. And uh, certainly he knows how to sell the program. And and when you have wins, it's easier to sell the program. And hopefully we can do that. We should be able to do that on Saturday, but we'll, we'll um, definitely see. You never know unless you don't show up. Yep. Um, did, did notice that earlier this afternoon as far as the blackout. And, uh, hey, I love the love the um, excitement by the Minji's Maniacs and, uh, and just the crowd in general last night. It got loud there as the Pirates oh, yeah. made a run, and that was awesome to see um, because um, we've very rarely seen that in, in recent years. So hopefully that was just the tip of the iceberg and and it's only it's a great launching point and the, the Minji's maniacs will continue to take this thing um, to where we want it to be on a consistent basis i think i saw that um, there was nearly 1800 students in attendance last night if we can get that or right a little over 2000 night in night out um, that that will be tremendous and they, they make such a difference the the um, thousand shirts that were given away that and that was an excellent job by the administrative team and and those shirts were awesome they need to sell those at the ube and dowdy student stores we know uh, one of the things that uh, kyle and i were talking about off air earlier today about basketball is maybe we can have items that are exclusively just for basketball and uh, there you go there's a t-shirt right there all of the money from that t-shirt goes to basketball. You know what I mean? So if you're a basketball fan and you're supportive of the basketball program, like we are season ticket holders, then uh, the only way you can get that shirt is if you buy it there at the game or at the, you know, student stores. Um, but I really felt like that uh, those in uh, Bubba, you and I were talking about, we saw it on social media and those shirts. Uh, oh my goodness. I saw them last night. I'm like, can we, how about those of us that are season ticket holders, can we get the shirts? Um, but hey, if we had the opportunity to buy one, I would love to buy them uh, for even, that would be cool to have them for the kids too. Yeah, I love the script Pirates. And yeah. getting back to the, the team statistics, uh, I talked about those turnovers and Pirates, a few more than you would have liked. But um, that's not surprising. First ball game, so many new pieces. Um, but the Pirates, after shooting it poorly in the first half, better shot selection, got more things going in the basket. Um, inside the arc in the second half, um, ended up shooting 46.6% for the game, 27 out of 58. Meanwhile, Mercer, 50%, 28 out of 56. And the Pirates, 10 out of 29 from beyond the arc, but like I mentioned, 6 out of 11 in the second half, a little over 50%. And Mercer shot just under half as many threes, 6 out of 14 for Mercer, a solid 42.9%. Um, the Pirates, um, we were shooting free throws very well and then struggled down down the um, stretch in, in crunch time, uh, finishing the game 13 out of 21. Um, but it, but at one point, uh, I don't recall the exact number, but I want to say, I don't know if we're 11 out of 13 or 12 out of 14, but then really struggled, uh, like I said, in the waning minutes of the game. And Mercer struggled um, to convert from the charity stripe, also finishing at 56.5%, 13 out of 23. The Pirates out-rebounded the Bears 37 to 33. And then uh, Mercer had an edge and assist uh, 18 to 14. Yeah, in fact, our uh, Tony Poram, he mentioned got to make free throws, and he's exactly right. Uh, he said his comment on their Facebook, you know, that I always say the difference between a good team and a great team is free throws. And Bubba, I, I, there's going to be some games that are competitive games, and if we can't make our free throws, that, that might be the difference of winning the game or not winning the game. And then everybody says that when it comes to basketball. But it really is free throws are kind of wouldn't you say, Bubba, that free throws are kind of like the special teams for basketball. So if you don't have um, I know it's a loose comparison, but if you if you don't make those free throws, those are, I mean, a number of points that you're not getting 
and then there's other points that the other team could be getting that you're not. So uh, we've got to do that. And uh, like Tony said, free throws wins games. And uh, absolutely, brother. I mean, everybody, uh, again, really proud of this program uh, with, with the first uh, you know game of the season, I know. And everybody says, Davis, a new era, a new season. Um, it's non-conference. But uh, I think that uh, Kyle and I were talking about this afternoon. The maybe the this team will have a nice little run in non-conference, and that'll set things up. Yep. And uh, Kyle chimes in saying, "Coach Schwartz comes across as very likable and engaging with the fan base. You have a team that hasn't played together before. You come from double digits down, like we already talked about coming." From 16 down to win, that shows that they've undoubtedly bought in. And if, if he can recruit, um, this could work. And uh, speaking of that, um, Pirates have an excellent big man coming in. Yes. And um, and that is, that is uh, I believe he, I'm not sure how he pronounces it, but um, we'll call him Cy, um, and that's C-Y. And uh, and he's a 6'11", 200-pound big man that had offers from Seton Hall and Cincinnati, among others, in addition to the Pirates. So, obviously, Seton Hall and Cincinnati have had an awful lot of success in, oh, yeah. recent, in recent years, so that's impressive. And um, we, we also have a solid local commitment and point guard from Nash County. No doubt. And that's, I tell you what, um, I've, you know how I feel about basketball, Bubba. And I've said for many years, I know Tony, there's a lot of us that we love basketball and Tony played at ECU, a letter winner. And it's just, uh, you know, it's frustrating. It, we are the basketball program at ECU is enigma because we should be a lot better than we are. And no one's delusional to think we're a blue blood program. We don't have that kind of uh, culture or history, but there's no reason why we have to be embarrassing every single year. And so that's why we're, uh, we're actually uh, hoping that it'll be a, a, a turnaround here for Mike Schwartz. And, yeah. um, that's and is Cy Malonga from uh, Evangel Christian in, in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Malonga. Yeah. He, um, Longa is one that uh, certainly very. Thank you, Johnny Gardner. Yeah. I thought that may be the case, but I was not sure and did not want to butcher it um, any worse than I probably already did. But uh, pronounced as Sear, C Y R, Sear Malonga. And uh, you know, Coach Coach Schwartz. That's one of the things we talked about. He's a likable guy. I really liked him. He um, he certainly. The one thing that I noticed about him is how much he cared about his players watching the first practice and having us in the media. We got a chance to watch it. Um, very nice guy. He uh, he's very he has uh, probably some of the uh, I would say probably the most energy I've seen from a basketball coach in a long time. And um, so I give him props. He's very nice to us in the media. Um, so we're um, we're hoping that everything uh, works out. Uh, Obviously, it's time. We want to coach. In fact, if we could have Coach Schwartz here for double-digit years, something like that, we, I think uh, the average is over four years as our coach, coaching life at East Carolina. But if you could, say if you could have a coach like him for 10 years with the passion and enthusiasm he has, um, we could be a tournament team. Um, I don't know how long that's going to take, um, but I would like to be able to – I was 20 years old, Bubba, 20 years old the last time, right at 20. The last time we went to the NCAA tournament, and I'm almost 50. So uh, it's been a long time, brother, a long time. It'll be yeah. 50, 50 year. It'll be, uh, I'll be 50. It'll be 30 years, rather, in March that I've had to wait for a tournament, <laughs> another tournament appearance for my Pirates. And the uh, the point guard hard commit that I referenced is um, Jordan Vick from, from, from Southern Nash. It's great to see on Coach Schwartz and staff establishing those relationships with the the coaches uh, in Eastern North Carolina. And, yeah, uh, that, that's been something that 
It's been so frustrating. Yes. Over the last few years, several years, and really uh, going back to to my childhood, I remember when when we lost a guy like Jarvis Lang to Charlotte, and yeah. there have been so many quality players that have uh, left Eastern North Carolina. It's great to see some of those uh, hopefully beginning to stay at home. Um, obviously, this is just a commitment, uh, not a signee, but uh, it's great to see us get a commitment um, because because we haven't even had that in the past. Um, they've just been committing and signing elsewhere. Yeah, and, and we have – and the thing about it is, Bubba, I want to mention – I'm glad you brought that up because Coach Schwartz is making a commitment to Eastern North Carolina kids. And we're not saying – and let me be uh, very – the first to say that um, just because they're Eastern North Carolina kid doesn't mean they deserve to be on the basketball team. Um, but at the same time, if they're a really good kid – uh, like you said, Jordan Vick, he can bring a lot of kids. Like, think about Holt Nailers for football, right? Uh, there's a lot of people that love Conley. They've seen that kid grow up for many, many years in the Greenville area. Well, they're going to be buying tickets. They might be buying season tickets to see Holt Nailers play ball, and they're right there. They're already pirates. So same thing with basketball with Jordan Vick. Hopefully we can get a lot of uh, people to come uh, by there as well. Shell's asking a non-basketball question, a baseball ace for the team. I know that I will just say this real quick, Shell. Um, my understanding is we have uh, a lot of pitching, and I will say that. I'm not sure off the top of my head, um, since we're not going to have Wiz, um, Carson Wizenhunt, uh, who that ace would be. But I do know that it's probably the deepest uh, that we've had in quite a while. That's a lot saying, you know, for the fact of we went to a Super Regional again last year. Yeah, still to be determined. I mean, obviously, yes. obviously, you have uh, the deepest pitching staff. Um, and these are Cliff Godwin's words, not mine. Um, in a recent interview, he said that as good as we've been in recent years, that this staff is even deeper. Uh, you have the likes of Garrett Saylor, Carter Spivey, um, um, some very talented freshmen coming in like Zach Root. So. There's no shortage of options. You have a Texas A&M transfer if he can get healthy. And uh, Childress, um, he's a quality lefty, about 6'4", um, maybe 225, 230 at least. So there, there's going to be a lot of options. Um, so it's just going to see who, who rises. That's exactly right. And our very own Richard Osbrook said C.J. Johnson should be on the basketball team too. He was awesome on the court in high school. Uh, have we ever had a two-sport athlete? Uh, absolutely. Um, there are guys that have played. Um, in fact, uh, off the top of my head, football and basketball. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. He's been on our show, too. My, my, it'll come to me in a minute. Um, but we've had – it's not something that happens all the time. Troy Smith, as Tony Parham says, thank you. Absolutely, Tony. Um, but this was in the Logan era. Um that I know off the JJ McQueen. I know what, thank you, Tony. Um, but they, <clears throat> anyway, we're going to, um, that would be something to say. In fact, uh, I think Cliff Godwin talked about how he wanted to play basketball. Do you remember that Bubba? And uh, Joe Dooley laughed. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they, I, joke, they joke about it and they're friends now, but I just thought that was funny. But Cliff Godwin was a tremendous football basketball and baseball player. I don't know how many people know that, but you always want athletes uh, that are on your team. And sometimes we weren't as a show for uh, a different day, but certainly you want to make sure that you have athletes and not just specialists who only play one sport. That's just my yeah. opinion. Yeah. In addition to um, you know, Tony bringing up Troy Smith uh, and JJ McQueen, you had the main Duckett. He had a Duckett. cup of coffee. Was, thank you. I, I was going to say Maine had a cup of coffee with the basketball team, and uh, much to <laughs> much to the you know dislike, I guess you could say with Bob Huggins. Uh, the main was he was not intentionally mugging people, but just he's such a large body out there, and not really a Division One basketball player but um, a good athlete and 
he was playing against that Cincinnati team with Leonard Stokes and Jason Maxill. <laughs> and I don't remember if it was Maxill or maybe it was Leonard Stokes. And he he um, fouled him hard, <laughs> and Huggins wasn't too happy about it. Um, let's see. I know there, there are others that will come to mind. No doubt about it. And again, uh, I'm not knocking anybody that plays just one sport. So it's better than I can ever do. And especially that level. So don't get me wrong. Um, but certainly when you look at the likes of, I know with O'Reilly, uh, Rosenbaum, Bubba's son and my son, and same thing with uh, Matt Simenza's son, Chase, um, all play multiple sports. So, and, uh, you know, I would say Alexander's favorite is basketball, but he had his first year of football and did very well, especially considering he had never, ever played uh, down a football until this year. But he's he's nine years old, you know, but he didn't play flag football, for example. And COVID messed him up for uh, what would have been his first year or, um, yeah, first year tackle. But anyway, we're uh, getting off topic here. Basketball, ba f Pirate Basketball Overtime right here on the Sports Objective. We appreciate everybody. I know Bubba. Uh, big game on Saturday. Um, I know we've gone a little bit long here tonight, um, but really excited for Mike Schwartz. And the big game is on Saturday at 4 o'clock. Get your tickets, by the way, folks. ECUPirates.com, 1-800-DIAL-ECU. Uh, Coleman Spain, love the guy over there at the ticket office. Let's uh, make him work hard for basketball tickets and also for uh, football tickets. And by the way, I'll just say this, Bubba, real quick. I'm not going to give it away, um, but it won't. Let, let's just say – Keep it on your radar, Shell, and all the folks uh, asking about baseball. Um, it won't be long. All I'm going to say, it won't be long, and baseball tickets will be on sale. So get ready for that. That's all I'm saying. Be ready. Keep it on your radar. If you want to buy baseball tickets um, and you want to be one of the first to get season tickets, um, be ready to purchase those. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and um, w one of the things – a couple of the things that I was surprised with last night. Um, I did think that we would probably see a little bit more than what we did of uh, you know, Elijah Jones or Ezra Asar. Uh, Ezra played just two minutes. And uh, another guy I wanted to mention, or a couple guys actually, um, Jaden Walker of the Iowa State transfer, played 23 minutes, seven points, three rebounds, a couple assists. Uh, had a nice dunk, um, showed that he could knock down a shot and as well as put the ball on the floor. So we'll, we'll see um, how he continues to progress. But I like what I saw from Jaden in his first game as a Pirate. Caleb LeCount, same thing, uh, knocked down a couple of threes and played 20 minutes. And uh, Benjamin Bayela, uh 22 minutes, had just one shot attempt. But he pulled down five rebounds. Uh, like, like Coach Schwartz said, it, a lot of people and the average fan wouldn't think about this. But uh, in addition to those five boards, just his presence being a larger body for, for a wing and having some bulk to him, uh, having, the, having his presence on the court and being able to uh, get that foul when we intentionally fouled there. Uh, when we were up up three and and fouled so they couldn't get off a game tying three uh, he he was the one that committed that foul uh, right around midcourt uh, when the Mercer player tried to throw it up toward the basket but they said the foul of course came before uh, so those were things of note and kind of moving on to um, some results over the last couple nights around the American. You had Cincinnati blowout, Chaminade, 98-55. to 55. Uh, You had Wagner. Uh, Wa Wagner upset Temple, 76-73 um, to 73 in overtime. Memphis, uh, Penny Hardaway and the Tigers beat Jerry Stackhouse and the Commodores, 76-67. to 67. You had number three, Houston, blowout Northern Colorado, 83-36. to 36. Uh, UNC Asheville. Won a thriller, and I, I watched about the last, I'd say, five to seven minutes of regulation in both overtimes. Uh, and UCF was shorthanded. They had at least two, maybe three starters out. 
Um, Brandon Suggs um, did have a solid first game as a night, scoring 16 points. Uh, I think all of those, oddly enough, with the exception of maybe a bucket, were before I tuned in. Uh, so he did not have as much late in that game. But uh, that was a unbelievable game. Yes. UNC Asheville, 98-95 winners over UCF in double overtime down in Orlando. And Drew Pember of UNC Asheville. Folks, I encourage you, if you have the opportunity to watch UNC Asheville play on ESPN Plus or just on linear television, watch them play and check out Drew Pember. He had 40 points against UCF for the Bulldogs. Um, then you had Wichita State. They were victorious over Central Arkansas, 79-55. Southeast Missouri State um, took down South Florida, 64-61. Uh, SMU was victorious over Texas A&M Commerce, 77-60. And the Tulane Green Wave defeated UMBC, Ron Hunter's ball club, won 89 to 67. And then last night, uh, Oregon State um, defeated Tulsa 73 to 70. Yeah, I'm so happy. Uh, those are my friends. I was texting them, their basketball um, fans, telling them happy basketball season because uh, love. I love this time of year, Bubba, as you know, where, where there's multiple sports overlapping and pro sports and college sports and NASCAR. NASCAR just finished up on Sunday, but a lot of great stuff in the fall. I love it. It's my favorite time of year being a sports fan. It really, really is. Thank you, uh, Johnny Robertson. We always yeah. rely on JR for, for stats. He said what we were discussing earlier as far as Brandon Johnson's previous career high, he scored 16 against Old Dominion in the, the tournament down at Coastal Carolina in Conway last year. Appreciate it very much, Johnny, and uh, glad to have you as always, Johnny Gardner and Tony. Uh, I appreciate you, brother, too. Very unselfish team. I like it. I, I like the fact he's right about that. I was talking about the ball movement and the passing around, and they're really looking to get those touches, and you definitely need that for basketball. Again, I want to remind everybody get your tickets on Saturday for Saturday's game. Uh, you can go ahead and get those at ecupirates.com or call them tomorrow, the business hours. Uh, the ECU ticket office, 1-800-DIAL-ECU. Pirates taking on Presbyterian. We want to get a huge crowd. Saturday afternoon It's my kind of game. I know, Bubba, you, you probably like it too. Whenever you come down, you have a 4 o'clock game, which means you guys um, can get back to the western part of the state at a decent hour and not like midnight or 2 o'clock in the morning, right? Yep, and um, this is a game. You know, who knows if I, if I wasn't headed to Cincinnati. Yeah. Watch, watch the Pirates and the Bearcats. Uh, I'm, I may make, I may have made the trip, but uh, I'll be tuned in, um, spending the weekend with some family friends and uh, Stacy's best friend from college lives right outside of Dayton, Ohio, and her husband is the AD at the University of Dayton. Uh, we're going to be visiting with them on Saturday and, and Sunday before we make the long trip back home. But uh, really looking forward to, to this road trip um, for a number of reasons, but um, hopefully to, to see a Pirate victory and snap that um, the second longest win streak in the nation at home uh, for the Bearcats at 31. No doubt. And, uh, hey, uh, really happy again. My final thoughts, uh, really happy with – Coach Schwartz, as a person, as a coach, really happy for him uh, to start things off uh, with a win, 77-75 uh, for the first game of the 2022-23 season. Hard to believe to say. Hey, want to give a shout-out to our good friend Kevin Walker, LNK Custom Homes. He's a licensed general contractor, and he does a great job with that uh, in the triad area. Call him, 336-688-8461, and he is the title sponsor his company, LNK Custom Homes, of the Pirate Playback. And hopefully we're talking about a victory on Sunday nights and getting ready for the Houston game uh, the following week. Porky's Backyard Barbecue, uh, eighth there tonight uh, before the show. And, uh, man, oh, man, I had some great, great uh, barbecue, Bubba, with the uh, that barbecue sauce on it. Man, good stuff. 
their Porky's Backyard Barbecue. Get Call them at 252-661-0337. Call the Holiday Brothers, and the Holiday Brothers will get you ready for their holiday party. And they're located 805 East Boulevard in Williamston. Uh, give them a call and uh, go by and see them at Porky's Backyard Barbecue. And uh, their fans of the show appreciate their support of the program. And then, obviously, pgxgloves.com. We want to thank Mark Benikazi. He's been a supporter for the last few years. Custom baseball gloves, custom batting gloves, football gloves. They have lots of great swag, apparel, and more. And get this promo code. You put in ECU uh, for that promo code. You get 25% off your order. And Akaz has been so good to us. I'm going to tell you something. My son and daughter, kids ask and the adults ask, where did you get those gloves? Because they just really pop. They stand out in a good way. And I appreciate Kaz, pgxgloves.com. Thanks, Kaz, for the support of the program. All right, Bubba, do you have anything before we go, bro? Yeah, and I was going to bring this up in the open, um, but uh, we we went ahead and dove into talking about the game uh, from last night. But uh, obviously, tremendous comeback, and what a way to start the Mike Schwartz era. And people were commenting on social media. You saw. You saw stuff from uh, other East Carolina head coaches on uh, Coach Houston and you know, had, had this to say about it. How about those friggin' pirates? <laughs> Johnny Gardner was in the house last night at Menji's uh, taking in the action. I know he was fired up about what he saw. That will always be a classic. <laughs> and, and then I also uh, had the opportunity to catch up with former member of the media, uh, Mark Lindsay uh, from Pirate Illustrated on the East Carolina rival site at the time and um, asked Mark if if he thought it was a big win. And he said, uh, for sure. Yeah. So, big. so there you have some of the reaction from around Pirate Nation to Mike Schwartz. Uh, first victory in the purple and gold. Sounds good. I can't wait for to see how the season unfolds. It's exciting. Pirates get the big win against 77-75 of the Mercer Bears. And, of course, uh, what a great win again. One more time, we'll remind you, Saturday afternoon, 4 o'clock, that mat- Saturday matinee, perfect time to take the family, take the kids. And uh, I did that on Saturday, uh, excuse me, last night. And uh, we'll look forward to all season long taking my kids. It's one of my favorite things to do is to take them to a ball game for sure. All right, for Bubba Rosenbaum, I am Dave Richmond. You've been watching the Pirate Basketball Overtime right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates! Put your crossbones up and lean side to side. Yeah, and lean side to side. Yeah, and lean side to side. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to the island, man. It's crazy in here. A whole sea of purple and gold waving in here. Keep a plank for the short tank. Traders beware because we got a whole bunch of body sailors in here. You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. And go Pirates!